The following is brought to you by Braided Media. We can all take action to live healthier, happier, and longer lives. Did you know that men die on average six years earlier than women and for reasons that are largely preventable? Which means that it doesn't have to be that way. The Movember movement was started 18 years ago to change the face of men's health and help them live happier, healthier, longer lives. This November, the Empowered in My Skin podcast has opened up the conversation around men's health. Our goal is to help unpack what it means and how it feels to struggle and grapple with the idea of masculinity and take a deeper dive into the root of common men's health and mental health issues. We have two personal stories and one panel discussion episodes in store for you, all geared towards shining the light on this important topic and opening more doors of discussion. We trust that you will enjoy this three-episode series. And remember, if you like this podcast, if you enjoy this episode, subscribe, like, and share it within your network. Yes! Wow, I'm very excited to be here with three amazing, amazing, amazing humans. And so I'm going to just ask them to just really introduce themselves. You know, let's just get it started. So Donovan? Okay, I'm Donovan Prendergast, and I'm a trainer. My trade, I've been in industry over 20 years. I'm also a gym owner, co-owner of uh, uh, Leeward Fitness Nation. Um, we do boot camps, is what we do best, and boxing. Um, and I'm located in Mississauga. So, there you go. Awesome. You single? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm, my single ladies might be listening, you know. <laughs> we'll just keep that. <laughs> okay. I'm I'm not saying no. <laughs> Funk, I know you're not single, and I wouldn't. <laughs> yes, and I know, I know, I know his wife. So, Funk. <laughs> and so, Funk, tell us, tell us a little bit. Sure, I'm Funk Roberts. I'm a former professional athlete, and I'm known around the world as a guy who helps men in their late 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and beyond get into the best shape of their life naturally increase testosterone and i run the over 40 alpha brotherhood which has over 10,000 members of men all over the world who are literally not only changing their lives but changing the lives around them so i'm really excited to be here talk I, about I love it excited to have you here and gareth yeah so uh, gareth i'm the uh, founder of the knock academy we are an online fitness community basically we help busy parents uh move more and get the results that they want. And that's pretty much it. 20 years in the industry. I'm passionate about men's health. I co-host a uh, lifestyle podcast where we have those important conversations, you know, with other men around mental health, physical health, vulnerability, and a whole heap of things. So I'm really excited to share some of that today. Awesome. Awesome. And so, you know, this whole, like, I just, I just, I just know this conversation is going to be absolutely awesome we know how important november is we know how important it is to really increase the awareness around men's health and actually just show men just how easy it is to have conversation i email i i interviewed my husband first and one of the questions that i asked him which i will ask you is was really he says yeah we just we when we get together we just kind of you know chat shop but we don't talk health you know, and we definitely don't talk like about our personal health. And so really want to just show what is what's possible, you know, with this panel. So I'm going to try and just give you guys a starting question that might have you go into your feelings a little. So tell me, um, Donovan, what was your most empowering thought that you had today? Most empowering thought? Yeah. The uh, most... <laughs> well, you aren't going to make me go into my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> empowering, empowering thought. You know what? Uh, every day when I wake up in the morning, I actually have uh, because my job is to motivate clients. Okay, because as a trainer, I'm always when uh, six a.m. clients, I'm in there. I had to come in with a great attitude. So I just want to always just make the best of the day. So I just walk in. I'm like, pump. I'm the man, and I step out the door, and that's really how I do it every day. Honestly, so, I love it. I love it, and Gareth. Yeah, uh, wow, lots of empowering thoughts, to be honest. I think that's kind of what we make up our day on, you know, when we're in the right mindset. So I think starting the day off with that, you know, and the empowering thoughts. And for me is I try to start every day with the mindset of being able to make a difference Mm -hmm. in other people's lives, which is what we're all in the business of. And that was kind of my empowering thought. So when I sit down, my feet hit the ground, and I sat down to do some work at 5 a.m. this morning, that was kind of like front of mind because it – puts me on the right the right path to kick off the day and hopefully stay on that path regardless of what happens. Awesome. Awesome. And Funk. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, empowering thoughts again, just like the two gentlemen here, uh, Don and Gareth said. Uh, you know, for me, my, my whole focus is helping men change their lives. So every day I try to empower them. You know, I'm already empowered. You know, I, 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 I have the gift of being able to share my knowledge and what I do to help other men. So for me, and of course I'm always, you know, I'm always trying to get better myself. That's always part of the plan. So as a leader, I have to show that. But for me today, my empowering thought really was, you know, I'm adding some some more content to my membership site so I can empower these guys to, to continue to get into shape and to continue to stay in the funk, funk, uh, funkosphere as I, I call it. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's all about just what can I do today to help Whoever, whomever it is, whoever's in the Facebook group, whoever sends me an email or whoever sends me a text um, to help them, you know, get into the best shape, get in the best mindset and empower them to, to know that they have the power to, to change their lives. So and that's always front and center. As soon as I wake up, man, it's all I do. I love it. And I love the theme. And I thank you all for like getting up and letting that be like your journey to help change the world. It's awesome. Um, so let's get into it. All of you gone to fitness. I don't know. You know, did it start in childhood, but really just want to, you know, help the audience really understand, like, what, what got you on this path? Why are you so, and why is it, why are you so passionate? Where does that come from? So, Funk, you know, let's just, let's just continue with you. How did this get started for you? Yeah, so, uh, you know, I was a professional athlete as, a, as a, when I was younger. I played, I played a lot of sports, but then I really gravitated to beach volleyball and indoor volleyball. So I played indoor volleyball at the highest level, like, you know, across the world. I played beach volleyball at the highest level. And so my, I was always into fitness. From 11 years old, my parents bought me the, the weeder set with the, with the sand in it, you know, and you put it together. And I was, you know, I always was like the jacked volleyball player. Volleyball players are usually tall and skinny. Mm-hmm. I'm 5'11", and I'm, you know, I was always jacked. And, I, and, and so fitness has always been part of my life. Um, staying healthy has been part of my life. But when I retired, I retired at 30, um, you know, life took over. You know, the 9 to 5, the corporate world. I did some one-on-one training, but I didn't like that. I did some boot camps. You know, I had one of the first boot camps in in Toronto. Um, You know, hundreds of people at the boot camp every week, but I didn't like that either. I didn't like having to carry all the equipment and set it up. And, you know, again, I wanted to be able to reach the world. So when YouTube came out and YouTube was there, I I started posting workouts on YouTube and, um, you know, just really started that, that, 
uh, taking advantage of being able to reach as many people, you know, right when YouTube started. But here's the thing. When I was 39 years old, although I was posting on YouTube, I was, I was big and puffy. Like I was 250 pounds and puffy, right? I had a big belly. Um, and I didn't know what was going on because I would go to the gym, I'd work out, work out, work out, I'd go on low-carb diets, all of these crazy diets, and nothing was happening, which led me down to depression, it led me down to, you know, my girlfriend at the time left me because I couldn't satisfy her in bed, right? A very low libido, no sex drive, and here I am, 39 years old, supposed to be big funk Roberts posting, and internally I felt horrible. I got into a deep depression, I started, uh, you know, self-medicating with drugs, go to strip joints, it was a horrible time for me, a horrible time, became an addict actually during that time, until I went to the doctor, and the doctor told me, hey man, your testosterone levels are like 130, like, but you know, me, at that time, not knowing what testosterone, really knowing that testosterone means I'm big, mm -hmm. if I'm big, I must have a ton of testosterone, meanwhile, he goes, well, you have belly fat, that's your number one, uh, number one indicator that you have too much estrogen, mm -hmm. so... Once I started, I started to you know Google and look at how do how to train over forty men over forty. There was nothing. And again, again, this is like ten. You know, I'm fifty two now, so we're talking you know twelve years ago. There was nothing. There was absolutely nothing out there. There was over forty, but not for men. So I just dug. I did research. I hooked up with uh, with doctors and and, and uh, hormone specialists and realized, okay, I gotta eat differently, I gotta work out differently, you know, I gotta, I gotta, I just gotta live a different lifestyle, I gotta focus more on recovery, because I don't wanna get injured, and um, so that, that whole process, I lost, you know, I got to 185 pounds, I was lean, I had six pack, that I'd never had before, even as a professional athlete, because I, I was always drinking and partying, and you know, you can't out train a bad diet, that's, that's the one thing, so throughout that whole time, now I'm in great shape, and now I want to do everything, so I started. I started fighting Muay Thai. So I went professionally and fought Muay Thai in Thailand. I was doing a whole bunch of things, training fighters, and and then I and then uh, you know about four years ago, I was struck with something called crypto organizing pneumonia, which is a lung disorder that literally had me on my deathbed. In fact, the doctors told me that you might as well come to the, the hospital to die because we can't help you. And so um, until they found out that it was crypto organizing pneumonia. And so they had to put me on prednisone. I don't know, prednisone is a catabolic steroid. It's horrible. It's, it's absolutely horrible. It eats away, your, eats away your muscles, makes your head big. And during that time, I also had created a program for men over 40 that I was just about to launch. So I decided that I know prednisone is killing my testosterone, but it's the only thing that's keeping me alive right now because I need that inflammation down. Mm -hmm. So I literally lived my program. Mm. The, the workouts were tough, but four, four days a week workout, the other three days I did my recovery, I ate a testosterone-boosting diet, you know, healthy carbs, fats, proteins, vegetables, um, you know, and fruits. Uh, you know, I, li I lived, tried to get as much sleep as possible, even though with prednisone, I've got female hormones going all through my body. But after, three months after, so six months later, I was off prednisone, which was not heard of at the time. And then three months later, my testosterone levels uh, tripled. And so from that point on, I decided that I was going to use this program, use what helped me to help men wow. over 40 get into amazing shape because we all have those problems, but we don't realize it's testosterone. So that's really what got me here. Wow. That's what I do. That's all I do. I live that, that journey and I help other guys who are probably in the same boat. Wow. That's uh well, first of all, thank you for sharing your story. I, I mean, I, clearly you, you've been doing that to help others, but you shared that like it's just awesome to hear you share at the level that you did so thank you thank you for that um donovan okay 
That's the story. Yeah. I, I have to go after that. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. You own. You own. Everyone here owns their own spot. Doesn't matter where you go. You're the Busta Rhymes of your spot. Just own it. <laughs> Busta says, "I don't care who goes before me, who goes after me. When I go." <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, speaking of Buster Rhyme right there, okay, I've seen him twice, hands down, best concert. Really? Right. <laughs> okay. Hands down. Um, okay, so uh, how did I get into the industry? Well, I've always was always an athlete throughout my entire life. I played played every sport. I wasn't at a, a professional level like Funk was, um, but I was always at the top of my game. Um, uh, with that, I went when I went to university. I went there for psychology. <laughs> and I and I and I had a job in the in in the fitness center at the time, and I was just doing my homework. And people kept coming in and asking me um, questions about about the gym. And this is back in the day when personal training wasn't a big thing. So I remember talking to the supervisor, saying, "Hey, um, people are bugging me while I'm trying to do my homework. How can I make some money from this?" Right? And he said, "And at that time, you mentioned that you could be a personal trainer. I had no idea what that was." Um, so after that, because I was always working out, I was always training. I started my own personal training business while I was in university. Um, my philosophy was simple, pay what you can afford, can mm-hmm. afford, because I know students don't have any money. So if you have five bucks and you give me five bucks, I just wanted to get the experience. Mm-hmm. And then when I was done university, I ended up booking up, uh, with, uh, well, I'd say lifelong buddy business partner now, um, Mark Lieber, um, he, I know you know Mark and, and his fitness <laughs> products. Um, he was in a corporate site, and he was looking for a trainer, and that's how we met. And uh, from then, we opened the gym. Um, we had a boutique gym called Few Fitness. We had that for nine years, and I remember um, deciding uh, that this wasn't going to be for me anymore um, because I walked in one day, and I saw a guy who was on the treadmill. He's been a member, loyal member, for nine years and he looked exactly the same. Mm. There's nothing about him that changed. And I was like, well, this is not what I came into this uh, industry for, into this business for. I want to change people's lives. We noticed that the people who did the fitness classes and did the personal training are the ones that saw the results. So I decided, okay, instead of having people rent equipment, I'm going to get rid of that, and we're going to go into the boot camp. I know the boot camp um, was huge. I don't know if it still is huge. I don't focus on that. I just focus on my... But philosophy is simple. We believe you get better results by training in a group than you do on your own. Mm. A very small percentage of the population can be successful on their own. Um, so that's what our little niche is. And we have a passionate uh, membership base. And we have this amazing community of people who just, I don't know what it is, but good people just gravitate towards our facility. And when people walk in and they take part in our in our boot camps and our facility, they always say, you know what, I've never found a place like this. Mm-hmm. Um it's, it's not corporate, it's not mom and pop, it's kind of something in between, it's something where you feel comfortable, um, and that's it, and that's where my passion is every day, is just to make sure to help people um, get the results that they want, whether it is um, losing weight, getting stronger, feeling better mentally, it doesn't mm. really matter what it is, whatever you, you need, um, that's what we provide, so that's me. In a nutshell. I love it. And it sounds like you also, just based on what you said earlier, it sounds like you're also leveraging your psychology degree as yes. around the mindset. Every, so, every day. <laughs> <laughs> so love it. And love that you got into entrepreneurship like really young. Like, yeah, I'm going to do this, but let me get paid. I love that. And uh, so, Gareth, tell us a bit about how you got into this. 
Yeah, well, I got a very different story. Uh, definitely not an adult. Uh, sorry, definitely not a athlete as a child. Uh, didn't really start any of those athletic pursuits until I was an adult. So uh, I came from a childhood of being really overweight, unhealthy. And when I say overweight and unhealthy, that's the very physical side of it. But what I think gets missed a lot in that journey, for me and for many others that I've experienced, is that how mentally unhealthy I was as well, to go with it. So that was me at 12, 13 years old, no sport, no activity, none of that stuff that we, we often see in the industry. You know, it's kind of be one side of the coin, right? Like it's either coming through athletics and being in that athletic environment or the opposite of it. So that was my journey through till I was about 17 years old. Um, I joined the gym because, quite frankly, uh, I was probably one of the only, uh, only boys in the group that I hang out with that didn't get any female attention, and I thought it was a good way to get female attention. Um, so, and that's the that's the truth of being a 17 year old boy. Um, so, I'm not sure these guys can uh, can resonate that resonates with them. It, so, I went through this journey of wanting to lose weight, and it was about, for the most part, pleasing other people. So, you know, it was a it was a successful journey. I lost a lot of weight. It ended me up in a career in the fitness industry, and I've literally done nothing else since I was 18 years old. I mean, I started as a lifeguard where quite frankly, probably one of the bravest decisions I ever made was to, uh, you know, how I, how I took the journey in my head is I got my fat ass in the swimming pool in a pair of shorts and did a lifeguard certification with a load of people that I didn't feel like I belonged with. Mm-hmm. And I don't quite know how I made such a brave decision. I don't think I've made a braver one the rest of my life, but I went through that journey and it led me into, you know, being a fitness instructor uh, much to what Donovan would say, you know, before personal training was a thing, you know, it was, this was like, you know, mid-90s. So I, I kind of fell into it, and it was something that I did because it was, uh, it was honestly a job that were putting me on a certification, which is something I never got. So when I talk, you know, speak about mental health and you know, how I was mentally unhealthy, it was just that. There wasn't really, I didn't get any really thing out of school. I didn't learn a lot, and there wasn't a lot of purpose to anything I did. And it led me on this journey, which I'm you know, eternally grateful for, that I was able to go into personal training. Uh, I started to teach group fitness. I was able to find something that allowed me to put myself out there in the world and be in front of people and build some confidence, which enabled me to kind of serve my purpose in the world now. Uh, you know, I went through all of those, you know, roles on the floor. I went through management. I went through running my own, you know, health clubs back in the UK to you know, going all over the world, to Canada, to New Zealand, teaching group fitness, presenting, and all those many things that kind of come on that journey. And they all kind of ended me up realizing that after, over the last five years, being now becoming a parent is that I wanted to kind of serve my community of other busy parents that struggle to fit a mm-hmm. healthy lifestyle in. And that's kind of where I've ended up with myself and my wife. We now run, as I mentioned, an online community that serves that market. So it's, it's very much that, I've done a lot of things in the industry and it's all kind of led me to realize that this, this purpose and it's kind of part of, I guess, being a parent and also being, you know, through my background and my upbringing and everything that I went through then has all kind of come together to this beautiful place that I'm in now. Well, I love it. And I think, you know, as I think, as I listen to all three of you and you talk about your stories and, and I think about all the humans you've touched, like you guys are hitting a good percentage of the world. So, so that's pretty awesome. So, you know, November movement was started about 18 years ago and it was really around changing the face of men's health and helping them live, you know, happier, healthier and longer lives. A lot of probably what you all do in your work. And, you know, I found as I prepared for this, um, 
panel, I found some stats. So like one in nine Canadian men will be diagnosed with prostate st- uh, cancer in their lifetime. You know, t- testicular cancer is the most commonly diagnosed cancer in young Canadian men. And they said in 2019, over 3,000 men died by suicide, nearly 59 men per week. And in Canada, three out of four deaths by suicide are men. And so suicide is the second leading causing death of amongst Canadian males aged 15 to 44 years. And so, you know, my question to you is just in, and I'll just throw this out and whoever wants to answer it first can attack it. But like, do you, what is it about men and what, like in terms of that has made this so important? Like why are men so afraid of their health and talking about it? Um, I think, so I'm just going to chime in here um, because every day we get new people coming in and, you know, it's, it's, it's that fear of, I think the biggest thing is not, not knowing. Mm. It's just not knowing what to do specifically as they get older, right? Not knowing what to do, not knowing what to eat, not knowing, you know, um, how to stay healthy. And then, of course, what they see out in the media, what they see, uh, you know, at 40, this is what you're supposed to look like, mm. and that's it. Or the dad bod is cool. The dad bod is not cool, right? The dad bod's killing us. Oh, oh, this is what you're supposed to look like over 40. You know, it's okay. You're going to have, you know, you look on TV, you see a, a guy who's super overweight with a beautiful wife, and that's normal, which it could be fine, but it's just, it's the it's a narrative that happens. So when guys come in, when I, so I'm just talking from my personal experience with the men that I work with. When they come into the program, they're lost. They don't know what to eat. I heard candy carbs. Should I be doing keto? Should mm-hmm. I be doing paleo? What type of workouts? And it's not, it's not their fault because there's nothing specific to men. Mm-hmm. And, and the other thing that's not they don't understand is testosterone has a big thing to do with that suicide rate because our testosterone levels are the lowest they've been in the history of men, or well, the history of, of modern day history. Uh, 25% lower than it was, um, you know, Three decades ago, a 40, our estrogen levels are 40% higher. Estrogen's a, a female hormone, which we need a little bit of, obviously, for sex. But when it comes to, to, to our health, we, that kills our testosterone levels. Mm-hmm. And that is a, that, you know, I do, I, I research all the time. Studies and research is, is pretty much what I do a lot of. And that is one of the leading causes of suicide is the low testosterone when they do that, that, that comparison. So I think one of the biggest things is, is, First of all, educating men that, hey, you can get into amazing shape mm-hmm. in your 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 30s, uh, etc. But now it's about how do we do that? We've got to change things up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And don't be afraid to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to, to address it because as someone said, like your husband said, we don't talk health when we get together, man. We're talking shop. We're talking girls. We're talking sports. We're talking whatever. We're not talking music. We're not talking health. We're not talking, hey, man. You got to get your ass in shape. And if we do say that, that's probably how it's saying. Right, 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 right. With no, no thought, no ask about, is it hard for you? How are you going to do it? What's going on? So yeah, that's just my, my two cents. And, uh, and Donovan and Gareth, I'm assuming like with your training, you train both women and men, right? Like your focus of training is, yeah. And so do you find it easier to motivate men or women? Is there a difference there? Okay. <laughs> well, for us, it's a standard thing in the industry. You always find, even in our in our facilities, it's about seventy five percent women um, come to the boot camps, anyways. Um, so it's not as difficult to to motivate them as it is for men. And I tend to find that men have um, huge egos attached, 
to them, right? And that's one of the issues. So they'll come into the facility. I'll say, listen, okay, we're this is a group environment. We're all going. We're going to challenge ourselves at our fitness level, mm. okay? Everybody's different. Some people have been here for a while. Some people are just beginning. Um, men always want to go all out, and then end up throwing up in the bathroom, okay? And that's just how it is. <laughs> and I think the difference is, is that a lot of times uh, women will come and they'll check the ego at the door. They'll know this is what I can do, okay? And that's what'll push. Um, that's that's how they can um, they get success mm-hmm. in what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, so those few men that come in and they push themselves too hard and they throw up in the bathroom. Now we're looking at maybe one out of ten that now will come back because mm-hmm. the one that they're embarrassed now because of that experience and they leave or they'd rather go back just to the gym and lift weights and don't do anything else. Uh, take breaks for 20 minutes while they're while they're chit-chatting with their buddies and calling that working out. One of the things I kind of wanted to touch on was also the, uh, the, the mental aspect, the depression mm-hmm. side of stuff. Like Funk mentioned earlier about depression and how that is and why, why men have a hard time. Um, communicating their their health and their mental. Um, I went through a, uh, a separation, and even as a Jamaican, a strong Jamaican man, okay, um, I would never admit that there was anything wrong with me until one day I went to the doctor and, and they said, you're going through a depression. I had no idea what that was. Um, would I say that to anybody? Would I tell anybody? No, I kept that a secret. That's just something that mm-hmm. I dealt with until I realized uh, on vacation with some of my buddies, and um, uh, one of my boys, we started chit-chatting, and he said, yeah, I'm on, uh, I'm on depression pills. And I was like, wow. So I'm not in this by oh, myself, wow. right? Because we want to hide everything. We want to keep it secret. We don't want to share. Same thing like we're saying about your husband. You guys are out, they're out together, and they're not chatting about anything important. They're just talking about the rappers, just talking about that. And that just, at that point, that changed our relationship as friends and all of our friends, because then at that point, we all started to open up about our lives, about our families, um, about the struggles that we're going through. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, that's... Wow. That. And, and Gareth, what's been your... Thank you for sharing that, by the way. And uh, I want to talk more about mental health in a, in a moment. Um, so I do appreciate both of you raising that topic. Um, so, Gareth, what's been your experience? Uh, yeah, again, much like Donovan was saying, uh, we've got, you know, majority percentage is females. You know, we train both in our environment, but, you know, we're geared towards parents. So mm-hmm. for every, you know, every female that comes in that trains, you know, that's a, that's a mother. There's a father as well, right? So mm-hmm. this is much out there, but we don't attract as many, even though, you know, we're a, it's a husband-wife team. So you'd think that attraction of clients would be very fairly mixed, but it isn't that way. And what I've experienced in fitness, but also just in life and much to touch on, you know, uh, what the uh, other gentleman here mentioned, which you know I couldn't agree more with, is that a couple of things come up for me. So we don't put ourselves first mm. as men. So what happens is we are we need to provide. We need to be you know we need to be that provider. We need to do the I don't know the blue jobs around the house. We need to be a great you know dad if you're a parent. You need to be a great partner, husband, whatever that looks like. And I think that there's this constant strive in society that we're led to believe is what we should be doing mm. and it's going out it's making money it's maybe what like my dad or my granddad did right they went out 12 hours a day they made money and i think that's kind of continued to perpetuate itself mm-hmm. into modern day with a lot of men then what happens is because of that is we get stuck in this rut where we suppress our emotions and how we feel because we feel like we can't put ourselves first the knock-on effect of that is that then when we are in that state of depression or just you know suffering from whatever it was even if it isn't depression something mentally you know with our mental health is we then struggle to ask for help. 
and I know everyone on here has experienced this in the fitness industry with men, is they are historically bad at asking for help, mm. especially when it's their mental health, but even with their fitness journey. So I think that's why in a group we attract less people, less men into those environments because I think women are generally better at asking for help with their health and fitness. And then, you know, that's just the whole cycle. We get stuck in that rut of not asking for help. And when we don't ask for help, you know, much like Funk said, there's so much, there's so much noise out there that we just, we don't know where to center that mm -hmm. attention. And, and that's kind of been my experience. I mean, personally as well, like I went through with my health and fitness, it was always an easy thing for me to ask help for because I had all these people around me that were so much, so knowledgeable and so open to share. But my mental health suffered a lot because I never felt I was lonely and I never had the belonging that I needed. And those people that, you know, like Donovan mentioned, you know, people that you can open up to and have those conversations with. Mm -hmm. So, wow. And I, I love the fact that you brought up asking for help. And Funky, you want to say something? Go. Yeah, sorry. I just, I just wanted to jump on that because I, because uh, I have a different experience with men. Right, my because I only deal with men. Yes, yeah. So the, but I have also I also have a women's membership site that I've taken myself out of because what I have found is when you do give men when they do ask for help and you do give them the the plan they will follow it to the T one hundred percent. If you give them the they're for me they're the easiest to motivate because you give them the plan you tell them why they're doing it and what results they're going to get and if they do it and they follow it I see it. Every single day, you know, with 10,000 members, you know, I see that all the time. You know, it's like new guys come in, they want to work, like, like Donovan said, they want to they go all out. I want to do six workouts a week. No, you're only doing four workouts. This is why. Plus, you're going to do recovery in between because if you don't, you're going to get injured and you won't be able to work out. Mm -hmm. You know, like, it's when you explain the reasoning behind things, it's like, oh, okay, I get it. And, you know, there's still the carb thing for that for men because I tell them that to the eat carbs, it's still a little like, you know, you got a guy poke at him. Listen, you have to eat carbs, buddy. That's going to be your metabolism. That's going to be your testosterone. You got to eat carbs, energy, etc. But once you give them those tools, and also when they see other guys doing the same thing, that makes it a lot easier. Like mm -hmm. I've done, I've gone to the women's side. Never, you know, no disrespect to women. I love women. They're great, but it's very difficult because their emotions get involved. <laughs> I, I can oh, attest. I can. I, can I can't do that. Oh my god, this is too hard. Oh my. Yeah, I can attest. Yeah. Tell me what to eat. Tell me what to do. Mm -hmm. Tell me what to do. Mm -hmm. And it's great. And like like Gareth said, we are put on this earth to provide, protect, and procreate. So when I tell them that their health has to be number one so you can yeah. provide, protect. protect, and procreate, you're no good if you're the patriarch of your family mm -hmm. and you're out of shape or you're depressed or you can't handle when things happen in your life that's always going to happen trauma people dying and as you mm -hmm. get older more people around you're going to die you've got to be able to handle all that stuff mm -hmm. the only way you can handle it is if you're healthy mm -hmm. but once you start once that narrative starts to happen starts mm -hmm. to there's a little light that goes off in a lot of guys it's like yeah you know what? you're absolutely right man mm -hmm. like i'm looking at my kids and i can't even i can't even run around with my kids because i'm out of shape mm -hmm. or I can't, i'm falling asleep at my desk at work because i have mm -hmm. no energy i don't want to live like that anymore yeah. you know i've got guys getting off their their depression uh pills because they're healthier right they're healthier and once and then once other guys see that that's when the whole you know okay this oh this is well, you know, they look at me and they're like, well, Funk, you're, you're an anomaly, right? You're an anomaly. You're just, you've always been that way. No, I haven't been. I was out of shape. I was big. I was, you know, taking drugs. I was going to strip joints. I was picking up prostitutes. I was in all that shit, right? Because I was, I was masking my mm. manhood. 
Yeah. I, I wasn't a man, so I masked it by doing things that made it even worse. Yeah. That made it even worse for me. So, yeah, that, that, so for me, it is, it is, I actually love just giving the template to the guys. Yeah. Because they'll follow it. They'll follow, they'll yeah. follow it and they'll call you out. It's like, hey, you told me to eat this much. How come this isn't happening? Which is great. Yeah. Which is great. And I can, and I can totally see that with my, I mean, I'm a professional um, athlete, like I compete. And so, but I recognize that I wish I had my husband's mindset because when he's told like 30 days, this is what you have to do. There's like, there's no like, Ah, maybe I can have a little bit of a crumb. No, he is like, and me on the other hand, I'm like, oh, I want really want that crumb. I need that crumb right now. Like if I don't get that. Anyway, so I totally get that. But I want to touch back on two things. So it sounds like asking for help is the starting point. And I love Donovan, you brought up, you know, you shared about your mental health, but you shared how you, you kept it. Um, um, you kept the shame of it. And it's interesting because, you know, coming from black culture, it's not something that's spoken about. And so it's almost, it's like, it's that shame. We hold the shame. But then suddenly you met somebody who gave you the permission because they shared and you're like, hey, I'm not alone. So what I see there is just this. And my question really is, the starting point is asking for help. And I believe then what happened in, in Funk's case is more men see other men and they're not alone. So how do we encourage, like if you, you have the microphone right now, like, what is it? Why? And I don't know, maybe your own personal journey. Are you, are all three of you great with asking for help? And, uh, and when did you become great? Like what, what kind of tools can you share in terms of how you just, you know, realize I need help. I can't do this by myself. Well, uh, I can't even say that I'm great for asking for help, but I'm still working on it. <laughs> You're a work in progress. So, you know, <laughs> So I'm not going to sit there and say I'm great. Um, but it was just that realization at that time because it wasn't, you know, I was in denial. Um, I'm very logical in the way I think about things, right? So, and I think that's uh, uh, kind of what Funk was kind of hinting at in regards to men. When you tell them, men can be very logical about things. As long as you give them a plan, they're going to follow it, right? So with, it wasn't until I, I was actually with a a a business coach, a psychologist, uh, working with me on how to improve my business and dealing with the stresses that I was dealing with in regards to my business. And she was the one that caught the fact that she was like, okay, you're doing this, 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 this. I want you to read this. Do you, uh, are you, are these results what you've been getting? Are you, are these are the things that you're experiencing? And then, and she turned to me and she said, goes, you're, you're, you're depressed, right? Mm -hmm. And at the time I didn't think, I'm like, am I not working hard enough? I maybe, am I not eating, eating well? Is my, to, to, to funk, is my testosterone level uh, too low? Like all these things that I considered until I actually went in and found out that yes, that's what I'm dealing with. But I was also the type of person that I don't necessarily believe in, in taking uh, medication. depression mm -hmm. medication, right? Um, so I figured I would find a way to, to fix that on my own, um, just mentally uh, focusing, meditating, um, Increasing my workouts, um, working on my flexibility, all these things, focusing on, like, I'm, I, I have two wonderful kids that are 16 and 14 years old. Um, so one of, the, one of the things that I, I had to do is I had to make sure that I was mentally there for them, mm -hmm. especially helping them deal with the separation and stuff like that, because it was still hard on them also, mm -hmm. right? Um, so, again, I don't know if I answered the question, but no, for me, it it's okay. It's a work in progress. Mm -hmm. It's not um, like I, I, I'm not going to lie to you and say it's easy for me to go out there and ask for help. Mm -hmm. But what it did do when I started talking to my friends, my buddies, lifelong buddies, 
it helped them open up. It helped mm. them tell their stories. It helped them tell their its issues with um, with their children or with um, their 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 breakups or mm-hmm. whatever else that they were dealing with their marriage. You know, mm-hmm. issues that they were having in marriages. And I think that helped all of them to, under, to understand that we all are struggling through the same thing. You know, mm-hmm. and that's what was eye opener to everybody. And it's like, oh, that that happens to you too. Uh, and this <laughs> and that. And, I, and it's like. It was empowering. It just kind of brought us together as a group. And I already thought that we were a pretty tight-knit group. So And Gareth, how do you, I mean, you have a young daughter. How do you manage your your, your mental game? Uh, yeah, great question. Well, definitely, uh, I will definitely agree that I'm not great at it. Uh, definitely not great at asking for help. But what I've learned in my, I'd say probably like I'm coming up 40 and in the last five, seven years, what I've learned is that because I had never historically been great at asking for help, it was more of a realization that if I put myself in environments where vulnerability was a norm, mm. that I was able to start to kind of, if not even ask for help, but just be able to share mm-hmm. and put things out there and start conversations. Because I think as men, we also don't like being told what to do mm. for the most part. And we feel like we should have it figured out. So if someone's telling me what to do and giving me advice, like we can we can struggle with that unless we're in a safe space. So to back up, you know, Funk's point, he's created this amazing platform, this safe space where that's the norm. So if you can find that, mm. I think it then starts to help the conversations that almost mean that we kind of don't have to ask for help because the help is just there within the conversations. And I was very fortunate to be a guest on a podcast with a really good friend of mine and and, and from that spurred this, you know, the mm-hmm. co-hosting that show and then building that brand and then it all becoming basically what I sit in every day now. And it was having those conversations and realizing that I can have that conversation with one person yeah. that happened to be on a podcast. And then there were all these other people, a lot of men coming on the show doing the same thing. And we, again, built this safe space where we could have those conversations. And something that, you know, a very good friend of mine, Carl, said to me was, and we had a conversation one day and we came up with this kind of analogy that vulnerability is like a handshake. So if you extend your hand out to shake someone's hand, mm. maybe pre-COVID, um, <laughs> when you extend that hand, if you go to shake your hand and that and it's not received by the other person, just think about how awkward and how uncomfortable that is. Mm. Vulnerability is exactly the same. If yeah. you hand out that vulnerability and you put it out there. So my point to that is that we need to be able to receive that vulnerability mm-hmm. and we need to be able to express that vulnerability to build those safe spaces for other men mm-hmm. and i find that you're you're extremely expressive like i've watched your one man sh- stories right and uh but i i love it i love it when i hear men express themselves so let's just keep and and i also want to go with funk he talked about the mask the mask of masculinity what like you men seem to redefining what it is certainly like funk you have shared so much that I know men are holding and have lived similar and they hold on to that kind of stuff. Let's redefine it. What is the, what does masculinity mean to you? Yeah. So that's, you know, for me, uh, it's the over 40 alpha, right? It's the man who's going to be the king of his kingdom, have a beautiful wife or (laughs) girlfriend or what have you, their queen together, making that kingdom, um, helping others being in the best, mental, physical shape they can be. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there's always going to be things happening. Um, Extending their hand out, helping others, asking for help, Um, you know, not complaining, looking for solutions instead of complaining about things. Like, that is our over 40 alpha mantra, right? Like, I'm trying to create men who 
don't complain all the time and don't, you know, like, oh, I can't do this. No, you can do this. Staying outside the comfort zone, getting uncomfortable. Mm. I have no problem Oof. asking for help. I have no problem asking for help. When I was younger, I was the only child. So I didn't really, I did things on my own. But as an athlete, I always had to ask for help, mm -hmm. right? I also had to ask my coach, my, my, the players on my team when I was playing beach volleyball to my two, it was me and my partner. So I, I asked for help and, you know, was, was blessed to be one of the top players you know, in, in the country and, and uh, you know, at my sport. But then I started to, to, to try to do things on my own, mm. right? When I started my, my company, when I started uh, Funk Roberts Fitness, I started doing things on my own. And, you know, it was just, it was just like, it, I wasn't going anywhere. It wasn't going anywhere. And, and it was just like, why don't I just go back to asking for help? Like, that's what got me, you know, that's what got, that's what, how I became a pro athlete, mm -hmm. getting help from others getting help from people. So I just said, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, A, I'm going to ask for help, B, I'm just going to be who I am. I'm not, I'm not going to hide because I had that mask that I was hiding behind. Oh, I'm Funk Roberts, so I'm supposed to be this superhero type type fitness guy. That's what I have to be. But then, then I just decided, actually, you know what, I'm just going to be myself. Listen, this is my story. This is, I do follow-along workouts on YouTube. I struggle through all those workouts. That's me, man. That's, mm -hmm. that's the workout. Like, mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't need to hide anything. Mm -hmm. And I ask for help. One, I always ask for help. I mean, I got a huge team behind me because I need help. Yeah. Man, I don't know how to do this. Can you help me? I don't know how to do this. Can you help me? I don't, I don't care because bottom line is people love helping others. Yeah. And I love helping others. And I, if I'm not good at something, I don't want to spend the time trying to figure things yeah. out. Yeah. If you're a professional at this or you know how to do this or you've done it before, I'm coming to you, my man. Yeah. Or, or, you know, a young lady, I'm asking you, hey, how do I do this? You know, can you help me through this? And my life has just been, it's just no stress in that case. I mean, yeah. obviously running businesses, there's a lot of stress. You guys know that as well. But I, don't, I have nothing to hide. And I feel like because of that, it's one of the, it's one of the things like the, 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 the most powerful person in a room is a person who has nothing to hide. hide. Like, yeah. You know everything about me. Yeah. You can't say nothing about me. Yeah. You, know, you know my struggles, you know I'm in recovery, you know I, I have this, you know this is these are my faults, you know that this is the type of person I am. I'm just gonna sit back here <laughs> and watch everybody struggle. You know, I just I just my life's been much better that way and I try to teach that to these mm -hmm. guys. Like just don't guys, like your focus is trying to be a better man. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about what other people think. Other people think. Only the people that are around you mm -hmm. that are important to you, that's what you need to, to, to worry about. And, and how are you going to get there? By asking for help. Yeah. Going to see people if you need to. If you've got, you know, I've, I've seen psychologists and psychiatrists and social workers, you know, to help and, and, and speak to people. I, you know, I'm in recovery, so I do that. But I don't, you know, I, if I have a back issue, I go see someone to help me through that. Like, I don't mind because I know that it sets me up for success. Yeah. And that's my only thing. I want to be set up for success in my life, in my mindset, in my business, with my relationship, with my wife. I'm always asking. I don't have a anything to hide, and I think that is a, that is a man. That's a that's a man. That's but key. can take care of his kingdom, protect, provide, and procreate. That is, they know when to be a lion and they know when to be a lamb. I know when I can be a lion, but I know when to just hey man, I'm just gonna chill out a bit. And, you know, I love that. I love that. I love that. Um, so Gareth, how do you describe masculinity? I love, I love so many things that you said, Funk, and the one big thing that stood out for me was that you got to focus on being the best version of you, the best mm. man you can be, mm. and not worry about what other people think. And here's where I'm, I 
I'd love, I'm working on all the things you said, Punk, so I appreciate the little bit of the, the pet talk there. <laughs> to show up like that and do it and do it for me and do it regardless of what anyone asks you. Like, don't be a, you know, apologetic about it. However, when I see masculinity, it's something I discussed recently on a podcast that I did with my co-host, and we spoke about the kind of redefining of masculinity and what my take on it is that what we need to do when it comes to masculinity, so rather than what masculinity is, is be more accepting of what someone's definition of masculinity is. Mm. So now, again, I'm very much for you need to be a good human being. You need to treat people with respect. That goes without saying. Outside of that, masculinity is subjective. Mm. Like I'm a very, I'm a very, what I would say, not like the atypical man. Okay, I'm quite, um, I'm quite. I'd say more sensitive maybe than the average man is. I have this conversation with my wife all the time because we're like role reversed in our house. <laughs> and I'm the sensitive one. I'm the dad of a five-year-old girl, but I'm so connected to the feminine energy that she has. Mm-hmm. And then she just very naturally, like she's gone on her own course and that's the direction she's gone. But I'm very connected and so comfortable in that. And that's seen as a, in a lot of cases when I express that in many ways, it's met with negativity. Like I'm, I'm kind of failing as a man mm. because I don't do the masculine thing so much. Now, and another funny story is that I don't drive in our house. My wife does all the driving, and that's something else people go, "Oh, well, why don't you drive?" Like man drives the car, right? It, it's so ridiculous, but there seems to be not a lot of acceptance. But in the same breath, I listened to a podcast with um, a guy called Ant Middleton, who was uh, he's like a TV celebrity in the UK. Did like a, uh, I think it was like a Marines style thing reality TV, and he was sharing that he gets a lot of stick for saying um, that he he must, he provides, like, I want to provide for my wife, my wife stays home, she looks after the kids, and he gets a lot of stick for that, and he's like, but that's her choice, like, she wants to do that, mm-hmm. and I want to go out and provide, mm-hmm. and that's our relationship, and he gets a lot of judgment, like, you should be not telling your wife to stay at home, he's like, I never told her to stay at home, like, that's what she wanted to do, she wanted to stay home and raise kids, and I went and did my thing, and that was there, so I just think it all comes to acceptance, I think masculinity is subjective it isn't just a one fits all and although society would like to tell us it is and i think you'll need to accept within the realms of being a decent human being accept the realms of what masculinity is and all be okay with it because then i think we share more we connect yeah. more, and find those safe spaces i love that you actually said it's about accepting what everyone's definition is because it, it has to be different for everybody because we all are uniquely different and so donovan you know excited to hear your your perspective well it's it's, it's not going to be surprising it's very very similar to gareth i don't even know i i wouldn't even really know how to answer that question what is masculinity um because it is whatever you want it to be like what does that mean um for me old school um in jamaica um, masculinity to a jamaican is how many children can i can i can i have um, with how many different women? Like that's to them, that's my mind, right? You know, that's what I'm about. But for me, I, I wouldn't even know how to answer that. Honestly, answer that question. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody's individual. Everybody has their viewpoint on what it is. Mm-hmm. I can only speak to myself and what I impart to my son in regards to what it means to being a man. And it comes down to a lot of things that Garrett said and also Punk said. Mm-hmm. It's just you know, you know, being being a good person. You know, like. Um, you know, uh, respect somebody who respect people who respect you, mm. um, you know, uh, stand up for yourself, mm. uh, 
be good to your fellow man. Mm-hmm. Um, all these sound, things that sound cheesy, but mm-hmm. I really have never actually sat back and and and, and really and had somebody say to me, you know, um, well, you're not masculine, I don't like, because I would tell them to fuck up. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, Get out of here. Yeah, yeah like what is. What does that mean to you? You know, mm-hmm. I don't even grab what you say, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So... I honestly wouldn't even know how to answer that question. And I and I and I think it's along the same lines as Garrett's answer. It's like you are who yeah. you are, and that yeah. and and how I define it is is based on what you're getting from me. That is my definition of masculine. I love it because none of you've come out and said it's about acting tough, like the societal. And I think you know, Funk kind of touched on that. It's always been hammered into our head. You know, I love that you meant you. Know, I sometimes do it. Like, baby, you drive. <laughs> <laughs> Since I'm going out with you, I can drive myself by myself all the time. But if my husband's with me, you drive. <laughs> for, for me, I always have to drive, for example. I'm not, I'm not sitting there saying that I'm more masculine. So on that on that guys, and as a woman, uh, especially married woman. What could women in your life, like, you know, in your life do to allow you to be more of who you are as a male? Because at the end of the day, you are male and and there's a difference, you know, male, female. So what could women do more to understand men? This is your time. This is your time. (laughs) That's a tough question. I mean, my wife is amazing at letting me be me, mm. right? That's what she does. She lets me be me, whatever mm. that is. She's very good at that. Very, very good at that. Maybe because she, you know, she's, uh, what she does, she works with men and she manages men. Mm-hmm. Most, of the, most of the people she manages are men, right? Mm-hmm. Men, so. Um, so so what does that, what does that look like? Because I, I love that, because that is an answer. So what does it look like for a woman to let a man just be him, be himself? Um... You know, for us, I mean, we have such a weird, we have such a uncommon relationship. We laugh a lot. We joke a lot. We're literally best friends. We, people are just like, you guys make me sick. Like, what is going on? Like, and, and when we're, when we're by ourselves, when it's just my, Angela and I, it's literally jokes all the time. We're just laughing. We're, you know, we watch The Bachelorette. Why? They cut every guy off in The Bachelorette. You know, like, it's such a, and, but she always says to me, it's like, you know, sometimes I know you want to do things. Like, you want to buy the groceries when we go out. You want to do certain things, right? So she just lets me do it. Yeah. Like, I, think, I think he wants just to do it because, just to be the man. Like, that's yeah. kind of like a manly thing. Like, yeah. like, there's no, like, you know what I mean? Like, and she tells me that. She goes, yeah, sometimes I just let you, I pay or I let you do something or I let you drive without even saying it because I guess that's what you want to do. Like, yeah. that's, that's cool, man. Like, we're not, I'm not trying to one-up you. I'm not trying to, you know, we're, we're in a relationship together. And um, whatever, one of the things that we talk about is is setting ourselves, setting each other up for winning. For Ooh, winning, for right. Right, like, what am I going to do today to make sure that Angela, my wife, uh, is set up for success or what is she going to do for me? Mm-hmm. To, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, so for me, I, I, I clean up downstairs when I, when I wake up in the morning, I clean, like literally clean spotless because my wife, she works in, she does something that is very, you know, you know, she does like, I mean, she's, mm-hmm. she, she's homicides and suicides and that's the process those scenes day, day in and day out. So the last thing I want is her to come home and everything's all, mm-hmm. you know, all over the place. I want her to come home to a pristine house or I want her to get up. 
So it starts her day off with mm-hmm. success. She That's beautiful. For me, you know, she tries to, you know, clean things up and make things a little nicer for me. And this sometimes can get really crazy, but we try to help each other succeed. We try to help each other win. And when we do that, you know, like if I go out somewhere and, you know, like she's going to, like she knows, she, I know she doesn't want to be there. But she'll be like, okay, I'll just stay for another hour because I know that you know you're in your you're in your element with your guys, or you're playing you know beach volleyball, uh, you know like an old school you know legends, and you know I, I want you to enjoy yourself. I want so if I have to sacrifice for you to enjoy yourself, I will, and vice versa. Same with me. Mm-hmm. I'll go to her Christmas dinners. You know, like do I really want to go to a Christmas dinner at work. Do I really want to? But I will, and I'll enjoy myself. <laughs> and I'll have a great time, that's what I do. <laughs> so just. Just for women, just, you know, communicate that what do you want to help you win and what can I do for you? Yeah, to ensure that we I love that. I love that. Donovan, you want to add anything? <laughs> um, so I have this philosophy on how, how, how men and women interact. Um, and in regards to kind of uh, su- supporting each other and, you know, making relationships work. And it's because we don't necessarily connect the same way okay um I, women tend to connect mentally um emotionally okay and men tend to and this is not a generalized statement everybody's going to be different but uh, men tend to connect tactically you know touch that kind of, kind of connection and because of that um we run into problems when we have problems communicating and we get upset with each other the first thing that men do is they're going to pull away mentally and that emotion so they're not going to communicate properly um and then then the opposite side they do the, the opposite so they start to stop touching they stop doing that mm-hmm. so i'm not and first thing whenever i talk about this people say automatically oh you're talking about sex i'm not talking about sex i'm mm-hmm. talking about hugging holding hands cuddling up together a lot of times uh women don't think that men actually like that connection but it's actually very important it makes them feel comfortable it allows them to bring their guard down and then at that point it allows them to communicate Right. So no matter if you're having issues, you can't remove that one part that will connect you with the man. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's naturally what you do. When, what happens when you get upset? Don't touch me. Get away from me. Mm-hmm. Don't like that. Right. But you don't realize that that's now driving him away. And he then will stop communicating, will stop talking. And then you guys will never connect. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's just my opinion on it. So, uh, and I know that makes- what it makes as, a, as a trainer, mm-hmm. and I, I'm sure a lot of you guys know that a small percentage of it is getting you know, working with them, but the majority of it is counseling. Okay. Yeah, Most yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what? So that psychology degree, uh, it's using it, it really comes comes into it comes into play. I love so that. People, so people break it down for me. Yeah, you know, in our conversations, whatever issues they're having in their marriage and all that kind of stuff. And that's always advice I give them. And they always come back to me and they say, you know, you are so right. You know, um, like I can be blunt with people. I have some of my female clients. I say, you're having problems with a relationship. I say, um, you need to start having sex with your husband again. And they're like, what? You're a man. I can't believe you. the only a man would say that. I go, trust me here. Okay. You want to fix these problems? Okay. I'm not saying it fixes it, but it's a start. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then they'll come back to me two months later. You know what? I hate to admit it. It is true. Let me just tell you something. You want, let me just tell you something, ladies. 
You don't ask your husband to do anything until you get some of that. Okay, until you give us some of that. And then at that moment of climax, you say, oh, and when you're done, do you mind if you do the laundry or take, fix the lights or, you know, maybe <laughs> renovate the basement? <laughs> Works every time. 100% of the time. I totally get it. I get it. Trust me, I've been married for 20 years. I so when I got that game, when I understood that, I was like, that's currency, man. Anyway, and <laughs> and so uh, Gareth, do you have like what's your what's your what's your message? Uh yeah, I think for me and what I've kind of learned in my relationship and I'm very fortunate to have is a a safe place again, kind of like I mentioned earlier to just express emotion. And know that it's okay to to do that and have a safe space where that's embraced, even when it's a you know a, maybe a typical emotion that uh, you know female. So if it's more of a feminine emotion, you know, typically feminine, although emotions are for everybody, is you know when I share that, like I'm very sensitive. So when that happens, is having a little bit of empathy because I know that that is from when I've spoken to other men is they don't get that from their from their partner because it's kind of deemed as well. You know, just you know, man up balls like right it's that kind of approach whereas i'm allowed to express that and be okay with it and feel safe to do that so i think that's always something that i'm very privileged to have and very fortunate and i think you know more people might be able to build their relationship with that Ooh, i love that I absolutely love that. And it's hard to believe we've been actually at this for quite some time, but it's been such a rich conversation and, uh, and I think it all needed to be said. So I'm going to just ask this one final question. We'll just do a, a round very similar to top Donovan. You'll kick it off, but you know, you have the microphone. This is a gl- global podcast. The world is listening and men need help. And you know, what is Donovan's message out there that you want to leave in this November for, for men who've not yet either joined Funk's program, you know, or are struggling to communicate or, you know, hiding behind shame. What's your message? That's the same question for all of you. So we'll start with Donovan. I only have, I only have one message is just, just to realize that you're not by yourself. Mm. Okay. Everybody's in the same boat. Okay. Everybody's going through the same struggle. Okay. Um, so, you know, so just so you know, you're not, you're not alone in this. Right. Thank you. Not alone. Gareth. Yeah, I think for me, um, I have this little quote that I love, and it's that when we when we share anything in life, our struggles, our passions, you know, we, str- we share what we're going through, we share our shame, is it writes the permission slip for someone else to Oof. do the same thing. Mm. And that is how we build that belonging that I spoke about earlier, that sense of belonging in that safe space. So more of these conversations. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and Funk, bring it home. Yeah. Yeah, I love not alone and sharing is, is key. You know, guys, I want you to realize that you can be in the best shape of your life. 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. I see it every single day. So you can, but it starts with knowing where you're at and being okay with that. Getting getting your blood test, getting your testosterone levels checked, asking for help, asking for help. Uh, you know, joining the over40alpha.com program because this is where you're going to get help um, for sure. But... No, but just know that it's not over. When you're 40, you're gonna the, the next 40 years are gonna be the best years of your life. Believe me, it's gonna be the years where you're gonna where you're gonna retire. It's gonna be years where you're gonna be able to travel. But you want to do it healthy. 
you want to do it in a, in, a, in a healthy way. And also, just to round this off, remember, you are the patriarch of your family, mm. no matter if you want to be or not. As you get older and things happen, they're coming to you. They're coming to grandpa. They're coming to dad. No matter what, no matter where you are, you have to be in shape and you have to be ready to take on that responsibility whether you need to be or not. So for yourself, for your family, and for everyone else. I love it. Thank you. So, Garrett, where do we find you online? Uh, best place to find me, theknockacademy.com. Uh, you can also search me by name on social media. You'll find our accounts. But, yeah, that's where I, uh, that's where it You'll be able to find everything about what I do every day. So we want to work out with you, Knock Academy. That's the one. I love it. And Donovan? Uh, you want to find me is at look up GoFitnessNation.com, GoFitnessNation Facebook, GoFitnessNation on Instagram, okay? Or Body Aesthetics, you can find me personally. All right. <laughs> love it. And Funk, I think you also have something that you want to share and announce, but where do we find you and what can you share? Yeah. The only place you find me is over40alpha.com. That's the place you want to be, over40alpha.com. Join 10,000 men all over the world, all religions, all cultures, all races, and we don't talk about any of that stuff. No politics, no religion. It's all about helping each other get in the best shape of our lives, and we do that as a brotherhood. Also, November 17th Woo! is the first ever testosterone awareness day this is national testosterone awareness, global testosterone awareness day where you're going to learn more about how important testosterone is listen testosterone is not a negative thing it, it's get, there's a negative connotation on having too much testosterone you get you know but it's it's our livelihood we need testosterone it's what keeps us alive so november 17th uh testosterone awareness day do what you need to do to get uh to you know first and foremost get checked that's the first thing you need to do on that day and is there a link that i'll be able to share that they can click on yes, yes okay yes sir yeah i'll send you that link. okay and we'll share that in the show notes and so you know donovan gareth funk um first of all some of what you shared today just shocked me because i didn't know that i was going to get that from from all of you but uh this was a very rewarding conversation. I learned a thing or two that I can actually exercise in my marriage. Yes, yes. My husband's very lucky. <laughs> um, but no, but all seriousness, I thank you for being men who are willing to be vulnerable, you know, um, and redefine masculinity in all different types of forms. And I love how you all shared. And I think you've definitely, definitely demonstrated what I always say is that we don't all need to look each other, like each other to share common, to share, you know, and, uh, and I find that we're more alike than we are different through our shared, shared experiences. So thank you very much for joining me here today. And for everyone that's listening, I know you're like, no, bring them back. Yeah, we'll see. Um, but this is where I say we're out. Bye-bye. <laughs> so there you have it i trust you're saying to yourself i'm fully empowered in my skin and remember whatever platform you're listening to this on please subscribe like review and share this podcast with someone else that you feel can benefit from the empowering content that we deliver as tom billia says when we help others think in a way that is empowering that is the lead domino to create real change in this world it's been fun hanging with you. It's your girl and I'm out. <laughs>